You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. All right, what's going on, everyone? We are live, the Nerd Room on Get Vocal. We're just waiting for some of the crew to dust off, to get showered up, because it's been an intense con-going experience for all of us. DC fandom, it's been quite the day. We've had eight hours or so of content, straight content, in this brand new virtual format that DC has brought to the game, and they did not disappoint. Guys, we are here to discuss in just a bit of detail what we saw our first reactions from dc fandom and what we're thinking about this evolution we talked about it last thursday on the podcast the evolution of dc and how this is kind of the real kickoff here we saw some crazy game trailers some wild film trailers and holy moly guys it is just mind-blowing you know i've always been the marvel guy on the podcast but i'm starting to slowly lean this way and that's going to make Grab smile because I know he's been just uh, admiring my transition here over the last little bit. And I have to say, guys, DC did not disappoint. I'm not sure if you've caught everything everything that's been debuted today, but there's a ton of news out there and there's a ton of trailers. And we're going to touch on some of the news. We're going to save some of the kind of the deep dives for next week's podcast, kind of break down fandom. This is about the reactions and the other crew, the other boys are going to jump in here in a few minutes. The goddamn Batman, of course, has got something to say. But I don't know if he can drag himself away from those theater trailers right now because, holy, it delivered. He just dropped in, as I said, his name. And here he is. It's the goddamn Batman fresh off the Batman trailer, fresh off a wild day in D.C. Troy, my dude, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. How you sure. boys feeling, man? Troy, how you feeling? Yo, fire, man. Um, over the moon, dude. This this was a cool event. I did not know what to expect at all. And uh, basically from the jump when it opened up, I was into it. Um, I did miss a good chunk of it. Um, but once I came back around that Suicide Squad kind of entry there. But come on, man. The Batman. That's what I was stoked for the Ooh. whole time. Ooh. The Justice League trailer. We'll get into it, man. We'll get into it. But never mind me. The goddamn Batman. What's going on? Dude, like, sorry I was late. I had to have a cold shower and, <laughs> and grab a drink to calm my nerves. Because that, uh, cheers to that. God, yeah, cheers to that indeed. Because I can't believe how, like, they set a record for Grand Slams today. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was joking with a couple guys, um, on the Twitter feed that are kind of long in the tooth bat fans and DC fans like myself. And I was like, it sounds bad, but I was like blown away that this was like a DC Warner brothers type event because there was no paywall. There was no advertising hook. It was easy to jump in and out of. There was no, well, you got to have an account and you got to sign up and it's only open to people in the U S it was, they went above and beyond to make this thing accessible. And then, not only that, they brought the heat with the content. Like, there wasn't anything new that was bad. Like, the show itself had its low points here and there, um, where the stuff, it just wasn't for me kind of thing. But uh, 
there's somebody that they were catering to with this entire program. And it was, it was amazing. And probably before we get started, like the thing that struck me the most is like Warner brothers in DC have totally put their money where their mouth is when it comes to diversity and representation and uh, changing the mindset with how they're delivering stories and um, what their business is going to be going forward. Like everything, like they brought back milestone and not only brought them back, but they have like movies on the hopper, like static shock is in like turnaround for a movie. Like that's insane to me that they got that kind of stuff going like right off the hop. And like um, even stuff like the Batman voice actors uh, piece that they had, like it was a little long. And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, this is actually going to be really important to people in different parts of the world that are seeing this and validating their versions and entrenching it as, Hey, this is just how we deliver the same content that you guys get or that they get in America to you guys. And I thought that was cool. Like it was a different mindset for them. Like they, they've really kind of embraced and Jim Lee kind of touched on it when he said like a third of my Twitter followers are in South America um, that they've picked up that they have a pretty big global audience. And maybe that's some of the people that they need to start playing to now. So, yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was, I fully agree with you. Kind of the, the demonstration of diversity and the globalization of, of the brand was very much on full display throughout this, you know, from the introduction showing the different languages this was being brought to you in to the diverse cast that they're showing and the next steps they're taking. You know, we talked last week about this being kind of the evolution, you know, the starting point of the next steps for DC as a whole, Warner Media as a whole. And this was an unbelievable showing for that. This whole thing constructed in whatever time frame that they put together in, but they're able to deliver not only on the comic side, on the film side, the TV side, but also like technology as it goes. You know, this was a brand new format for for con going. This was a, a brand new fa- format for delivering this type of news and interaction. And they nailed it. There wasn't one technical glitch. Every single thing, like the top trending topics on Twitter this whole day were pretty much all DC related. And it's Phantom, it's Wonder Woman, yeah. it's Batman, it's it's literally everything is on fire. And I just can't believe how they're able to deliver. Like, they've promised all of this stuff, and here it is, guys. They delivered, not only on the, the excitement front and the delivery of trailers and all that, but just on the pure formatting and proving this concept can work to and be delivered to mass audiences on the fly, more or less. It, it's it's a game changer. We've been calling it that for weeks. And this just changed everything in this ongoing experience. I don't think the cons are going to die, but there's definitely a hybrid model here where they take DC mm-hmm. fandom and what was done in the past and they mash these things together to bring, like you said, Carlos, a global experience, right? This is no longer the people that are in Hall H that get to experience this. It's literally everybody. And I love that about it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it might because if you if you put it through the lens of like bang for the buck, like I would suspect that running fandoms was cheaper for them than doing the convention setup. So it's cheaper for them. They owned not only the day but a lot of the week as well with the lead up to this and everything else. Um, why why would you spend the money to go to back to SDCC? And you you have a few hours in the afternoon and then Marvel Studios brings it home in the evening and all of a sudden all those top trending topics are no longer yours, right? Like I do agree that there's something with a hybrid model, but yeah, this 
this might have changed the game for all those yeah. things going forward. It, it has. So yeah, guys, this is this is crazy. Throw your comments in there. What's up, Cody? You know, we said hi to a few people on the on the pregame here. I gotta give a big shout out to my little one who is watching again. She's a big DC fangirl. And unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, some of the stuff, the kids stuff particularly got moved to September 12th. And I think it was probably the right call because there was so much in the, the Hall of Heroes that it's just going to dominate the viewership. And I like that they split this off. This was kind of looks like a last minute decision to run some of this stuff mm-hmm. on September 12th. But it's something that we can look forward to. She was a bit gutted at the end of the day that we didn't get too much of the kids content delivered. But it does give us another date to focus in on in the future. And she wanted me to make sure I give her a shout out on the live stream. She's really plugged into this technology that she's watching. So hello, um, my little one. It's almost bedtime. (laughs) I know you you need to tell your dad that he can supplement what you didn't see with a bit of a binge of that DC superhero girls content. And I already promised her a visit to words and pictures too, to get some, uh, some little uh, or young reader adaptations of of some of these stories and that, that they, they have been delivering there in the DC space that we chronicled a bit last week on the podcast. Um, But guys, let's talk about this. Troy, man, let's just, this is kind of a raw reaction. First reaction. We're literally like an hour out from seeing that Batman trailer and only a few six or so seven hours from the start of this whole thing. So it's a lot to digest on the fly because we're getting hit with everything from game trailers to film trailers to just random reveals like Keaton in the flash movie. Um, It's, it's stuff that's been speculated rumors, but we're here getting that confirmation, man. What, what's your overall reaction to, to DC fandom from the delivery space, from the idea of what was given to us, what was shown to us here through the last eight hours or so? Loved it. I absolutely loved it, man. I I loved like the Wonder Woman panel going on there and bringing out all the cast. That trailer, it's my favorite Wonder Woman trailer out yeah. right now. I'm telling you, it was for me, it was well needed because it really kind of explained a lot of things without telling you absolutely everything. But it really made sense. Like like Steve Trevor now, we have an idea of like how he's alive and Cheetah, how she gets her powers. Like we have an idea now, just the narrating going on and uh, the effects look pretty polished. I really dug that trailer and, and Gal Gadot is just a star. Like that whole interview, man, she just lit up and, and just carried the way. But um, it's it's Batman. Like it's it's wow. it's Dominance all it Batman. Sunny, sunny, sunny. I'm so sorry, man, because I know I know you need something <laughs> else than bats. I know you need some Superman. I'm right there with you. But I mean, we got the Ben Affleck going on there with the, with the uh, Justice League trailer, which to me stole the show. It's one of I think it might be Zack Snyder's best trailer ever. Like. I freaking love this trailer, man. But I mean, come on, the closeout with Robert Pattinson. And like, and, and I'm going to be real here. Like, I've been the guy that's like, I haven't really been impressed with any. You've, been real, you've tempered your expectations. Yeah, for this. yeah hard. you know, from, from the Batmobile to the costume to, to the casting. And um, listen, I was sold when the guy said, I'm vengeance. When he dropped yeah. that line, I was like, yo, this might be the best Batman voice ever right now. Live action, live action. Like, like, cause for me, no voice mod, baby voice there. I was (laughs) like, this is, this is like Kevin Conroy, Ben Affleck for me. They're, they're like top notch when it comes to the, to the Bruce, the Batman voice. But I just heard the man just say, I am vengeance. And I'm already sold. I like giving him like the top two. Like it was awesome. And then he nails the fight choreography, whether that's him or his stunt devil, that when he just took down that that Joker looking mobster guy, I was like, "What?" Like, you can say you know BVS warehouse scene all you want, and I'm one of those guys. But if this is like a small glimpse into what we're gonna get for combat, 
come on, man. Like I just came off of watching now uh, winter soldier the other day. And the, you know, the, the CQC bef- between winter soldier and cap was awesome. The close quarters combat, but seeing this right here, man, I'm like, come on, I'm all in and give me more. Like this. I let madness. it, I let it uh, like an audible, ooh, like when he was hitting that, like, that's how, like, I felt that in just the, the audio that they had brought. Right. I don't have a surround sound or anything like that. Yeah. But it was just like that hit. Oh, whoa. And he kept yes. going. I was like, I was like, okay, he's probably done. And he just kept giving it to the dude. And I was yeah. like, what? Anyways, man, um, that that red hue now is is starting to work. I guess we haven't had much mm-hmm. time to talk about the whole like uh, marketing campaign with this red. And right off the bat, it wasn't really working for me. I just feel like red and Batman just it just doesn't make sense. But um, it's been warming up to me. And then leading up mm-hmm. to this whole trailer with like the title card of the Batman, the way yeah. we see that close out too, how it forms the Batman. Oh, I think I if you that. look at the A, you can see like the uh, like the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like guys, I'm blown away. I walked downstairs and I just did laps around the kitchen island, like not saying a word. My wife, like, <laughs> you okay? And I was like, the trailer, the trailer just drops. Like, you gotta watch the trailer. Um, yeah. so it is a cool event, but honestly, I'm just I'm so excited for DC because, um, I, I mean, I read these comic books. I've loved the cartoons. I, I buy the figures. I'm, I'm a big DC guy, but I I feel like they kind of been in the corner for a little bit now, and. I feel like now is their time. Like they're shining, yeah. man. The world is talking about DC. I'm, I'm on social media right now, man, all the time. And I don't see anyone giving it any problems. Everybody's on board with the movement of DC universe. And it's, it's so refreshing and so cool. And I haven't seen this in a long time with fandom, whether it's star Wars or Marvel, man, like it's so cool to see everybody's on board with what DC's doing. I love it. man. Yeah. It's it's so it's such a like the healing power of of this event has been enormous, right? And like mm-hmm. you said, you know we're we're buzzing through social media all day, and you're right, no one no one's talking trash about this stuff, and it, and it comes down I think to the major diversity and properties that they showed. There's literally like we said before, there's literally something for everyone there, you know between. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at Rick here, man. He comes jumping off in and then he's in here golfing nights and fake bat fan for sure. He's got me laughing here. They got everything there, man. They got the video games, like Batman, Wonder Woman, the Suicide Squad guys. Come on. Like, let's, let's touch on that. We're going we're gonna to hold off on the bat trailer here a little bit and let, uh, let Carlos simmer there for a bit. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about what about what James Gunn delivered here today, guys? Like, like Carlos, man, raw reactions here. You know, was it James Gunn? I know it was the Batman, but let's go beyond that a little bit. Batman Beyond, right? Um, let's, let's go yeah. beyond that a little bit and touch on some of the other high points of DC Phantom today. Oh, man, just how well the whole thing was curated, like especially the front end of it where they knew they really had to capture people. And I think there's people that thought they would dip in that they ended up hooking that watched the entire thing, to be honest with you. Like just small little things like that multiverse panel. Mm-hmm. But if you peel back the layer of the onion, the guys running that multiverse panel, it's Walter Mata, the guy who runs the movies, Jim Lee, who runs kind of all the creative enterprises and Greg Berlanti, who's the TV guy. And then they had the dude from Warner brothers games. And they're all just like you said, Troy, like beating that drum. Like there's something for everyone. Uh, we're all fans of this stuff and just give us some time, give us some space and we'll make sure that you have something that represents you, that represents your tastes, that, uh, gives you that flavor for those characters that you want. And it was incredible. Like just everything, like even stupid stuff, like Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis watching like a a multiverse feed of Batman 66. That was, was one of the most hilarious things in the day. It was hilarious. I'm chirping the 66 stuff. (laughs) So good. Yeah. 
or like the the different Batmans talking about their quarantine preparation and like the animated series Batman not having toilet paper, but then the Brave and the Bold Batman not having flour and Terry McGinnis making fun of all of them for wearing their masks the wrong way. It was brilliant. Like everything was just so finely curated and like um, even Fandom today tweeted out that like they had a list of all the top searches on their site and there were all the obscure characters from the suicide squad. So I know you wanted me to touch on that blew my mind. Like it was palpable, the energy and the excitement that James Gunn had, and it had infected that entire cast. Like I got the sense that if those guys could get out of those chairs and go to a studio, they would start filming a sequel to that movie. Um, Even the ones that he inevitably killed off in this thing. Like it was, it was insane. It was insane. Like I, I just can't believe how, well they pulled it off that you know uh, i know i was kind of touching base with a few people that were having login issues in the morning but you know i connected our laptop to our tv and then we had an ipad on um a standby kind of thing and we had no issues like i got onto that countdown clock and it flowed and yeah like any issues that we had were just like our own like they were on our end of the house as opposed to DC's end of the house, which uh, I don't know. I guess it would be pretty embarrassing if AT and T is hosting this thing <laughs> and <laughs> they're having technical yeah. issues, right? <laughs> yeah, it, but, uh, it's it's absolutely wild. Like that's the only that's the phrase they use a lot when on Twitter is like wild footage. You know, DC is bringing just an unbelievable amount of fresh new content to us all. And even Black Adam, like Grab said here, that that was the thing that stole the show for him today. And he's a big Shazam guy. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the way he delivered his panel there, answered a few questions, and then he brings on this Noah guy who is playing Adam Smasher. And they have some great banter. And then he goes on to chirp the entire Justice League. (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like, it's just... What... Just all these panels, to me, were extremely digestible they were all delivered something different like even james gunn's suicide squad panel was a way to introduce you to a diverse cast of characters that you've never heard of and this jeopardy Mm -hmm. style of back play where they kind of give the title cards for each character and then you get to spend some time with each one of them this was a great marketing avenue to show you and tell you who these characters are and so like you said people are going googling these characters now like yeah. who's who's javelin who's you know rat what is the rat catcher two? like i don't know who these people are yeah. but they're going to become in the same fashion that Groot, rocket drax and all that became household names these people are going to become household names because of this film and it, i thought it was cool too that they give the behind the scenes for the suicide squad as opposed to a trailer um, I think mm-hmm. it kind of just my guess is that's probably the first like the opening sequence battle they have with te- they kind of just throw you in the deep end of the film. They don't worry about too much of the introductions and you get that as you go. But it's it, I, I don't have enough good words to express how I'm feeling right now and how excited I am for what DC is transforming into on all fronts, all fronts. So let's talk about some of these trailers, guys, because this is what, what we're going to do here. We're going to you know, touch on a few of the trailers here and some of the gameplay stuff that we did see. 
Now, we're not going to break this down in an incredible amount of detail like we do with a normal trailer review. We're going to leave some of that for the podcast, and we may split next week's podcast into actually two parts because there is an absolute mountain of stuff to get to. And we can't get through Cheetah, as Rick's saying here, and and, and then also touch on everything from the Shazam panel. <laughs> it's just too much. So what we're going to do, we're going to try to bridge the gap between both our previous podcast which was the prelude and also our next podcast which is going to be kind of the follow-up from dc fandom in a bit more detail by giving you our our just our, our raw reactions like i said at the top there about how we felt about this you know only minutes out for some of these trailers so let's start with wonder woman 84 it was the panel that kicked off the entire day it is supposed to be the next film we see in theaters and Patty Jenkins was very specific about, you know, we made this for the theatrical experience. We want you to see it in theaters. So fingers crossed we see it in theaters. Now, Troy, you yeah, touched man. on this being the best Wonder Woman 84 trailer you've seen. Mm -hmm. What was it about that trailer that delivered for you? It was just clear cut. Like, I loved like the direction they were going, the narrating going on as well. And like I mentioned, it kind of just explained what we're going to get out of this film without literally telling you everything like Amazing Spider-Man 2 kind of did. Um, oh. The humor <laughs> the humor worked for me, too. Like when um, Chris Pine is is trying on the outfits of the 80s. Oh, yeah. And like, does everybody good. parachute in this day and age? Like, I thought that was that was awesome. And it just it just felt right. Um, I think it was Wonder Woman's first trailer. Like, I'm talking about the original Wonder Woman movie. Uh, the comedic relief in that film. I think she has some delivery in a couple of trailers and it didn't work for me, but in this, it really did catch on. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible cast that we have going on here. I, I got to take two seconds, man. Rick is over in the chat and he's killing me. This guy, like if you guys are looking at the chats, this guy's on fire over here. It's distracting <laughs> the hell out of me, but um, <laughs> no, apart from that, no, I just, I really like what we're doing. Like I said, like, I like the fact that I have an idea now of how Chris Pine's been brought back and I feel like mm -hmm. it's going to be temporary. He's probably going to be gone at the end of this film. And much like uh, Cheetah's power, how that's kind of come along. I love how I kind of get a sense that Cheetah and Wonder Woman, Diana, have some sort of relationship. And then it's going to diminish. I think we get that part, too, when Diana, like, says, like, uh, I can't remember Cheetah's name, but she's like, what's happened to you? Like, what have you done? Oh, yeah. Barbara. Barbara. What have you I was going to say yeah. Karen. It's a good thing I didn't say that, but I thought she was going to say, Karen, what have you done? But anyways, um, I just... Appropriate for the time. But I love... Uh, DC wants you to look at everything through your lens, man, so she can be Karen if you want. <laughs> I love I love what she's done. The overall look, I didn't get a good, good enough chance to see what she's doing just because Cheetah's so fast and mobile on the screen. Um her whole body image looked cool. I just didn't really didn't get a chance to look at the face and see, but she kind of looked a little spooky, like the hair flowing and everything. It looked kind of terrifying, which is, um, which is pretty cool. I just want to see her power set more so against Wonder Woman and how she can go toe to toe with her. But all around, man, like, like I said, I, I really dug this trailer and two as well, um, is polished. I really felt like the uh, effects that we were getting looked really good and her like doing the whole lawsuit of truth, like web swinging, works for me more so this time around with the lightning effect and uh and the, and the music choice i know a lot of people with the first trailer dug the whole like 80s song and for me i kind of feel like that's been bashed over the head this they kind of got rid of that they just like look we are in the 80s everybody knows that now we don't need to give you like the soundtrack over it we're just going to give you a dope trailer with like a cool nice little score that doesn't take away from anything and just lets you really kind of sink in and listen to the narrating going on and count the beats man i was i was into it though dug it yeah, yeah. Tiff just says, is it good or good for DC? I'm going to say good. 
<laughs> that's 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 well, you know what? That's tough because it launched early. I would say it was good at that point, but then once we got the Justice League trailer and then we got that snippet of the Batman, shoot, I don't know. Maybe it was. Damn, I don't know. It's it, to be honest with you, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like I, I felt that you know, and we're gonna get some commentary here from uh, Mrs. Goddamn Batman. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's to me, it delivered what it needed to yeah. do. Right, we we've been watching these trailers and and talking about this movie for like two years, and that's at no fault of its own, right? And I think that you're coming into the Batman Suicide Squad. This is very fresh takes on these franchises here and this movie we've been dying to see and we've been, you know, waiting for it. It was supposed to come out like a year ago. <laughs> it feels like, yeah. and we would have seen it twice now if it weren't for, for some of the delays. And I agree with you. Like part of it is, I think, you know, when you contrast it, to some of the other stuff, it's like, okay, I've seen this. So I'm ready for it. Let's get to it. But I, I have to also agree with you on the, on the comedic end of it. I like, you know, where they're going with the tone, and cheetah i thought it looked great to me it was quick clips and might have been on purpose like i'm assuming this movie has been done for a year like like cut and in the books for a year so i'm assuming all that cgi is complete and it was kind of that quick glimpse of it so you can have that appreciation for it more in film as we see the evolution of the of karen there if you will try (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i i'm digging it. i'm digging what i'm seeing from wonder woman now carlos bring in some of that perspective from the missus she's a big wonder woman fan and you yourself man everyone's been anticipating this film for for quite some time and i'm fingers crossed it doesn't get delayed but how's the reaction in the bat house today oh man it was like it was like a roof on fire kind of thing <laughs> just gal gadot like sitting there doing like her little heart hands and like w's and whatnot was like bringing huge shit eating grins to everybody's face <laughs> but uh yeah no the trailer went off huge and it was perfect like i i liked how they didn't reveal that much more of the movie like it wasn't that oh we need to capture the audience because we might not have them so here's like our entire mm-hmm. third act battle they just kind of took that initial trailer and just expanded those scenes a bit more so it's like you kind of know this stuff here's a little bit more so that we can give you a de facto new trailer but we're not going to give you the farm kind of thing. So yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was pitch perfect kind of thing. And uh, yeah, like Troy said, it was a good evolution of that original trailer where it's like they, everybody knows it's one Roman 84. It's firmly in the eighties. So let's kind of show you what the, the movie movie is going to be bringing kind of thing. Right. So they brought those um, kind of the score into effect and a bit of the, um, the storyline, right? So it's going to start with some kind of flashback or she's going to be channeling the things mm-hmm. that she learned on Themyscira to um, the final battle. And I like that they seeded the relationship between her and Barbara a bit more. So that, um, yeah, Barbara's villainy kind of uh, grows from a place of jealousy almost with Diana. So she drops that line about like people like you have everything. People like me have nothing. And then you can kind of see why she falls into that temptation and whatnot to do whatever she does to become the cheetah. So, yeah. And I, I dug the look, like Troy said, like she looks unnerving and scary, but in a good mm-hmm. way, like yeah. she looks like a woman who's evolved into a cheetah. Like there's like no worries of channeling that cat's kind of vibe with this kind of thing. Like she looked fierce and scary and, and perfect. And I liked, I love small stuff like how she, 
has like that 70s cheetah look at one point in time as well. So there was like a, a different version of the cheetah in the 70s. And she was like some socialite, like thief kind of chick. But when she's in that White House scene, they totally channel that look of the cheetah and give it a nice little nod and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm hyped for this one. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. Like you like you touched on, like I think because it's been in the consciousness for so long, it wasn't as shiny and new as some of the other stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it did what it needed to do. And I thought that they did a good job with fandoms as having um, Wonder Woman and... Um, ironically patty jenkins is being almost like the de facto celebrity host mm-hmm. for the event where she like they seemed ever present with how they lace them through so yeah they, they they popped up numerous times throughout throughout fandom and like realistically this is the kickoff to the promo campaign for one woman 84 in a big way you know mm-hmm. we we've seen it kick off and then dust down and this is you know as we're ramping up to that october time frame when we're supposed to get this film we're only a couple months out so we're going to see this really kick into high gear here. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we end up with this thing in theaters and debut in the way that it's intended to debut in the way they, the cast and, and particularly Patty Jenkins wants people to experience this, and that's in theaters. So, yeah, they, they did what they needed to do, and it was a very, very exciting trailer. Now, next up on the dock, we're just going to walk through a little bit here. You know, there's some, and we'll maybe touch on this a little bit in the podcast, but there's, I know you were pretty plugged into the Sandman thing, Carlos, it, it was great with Neil Gaiman and company. They're just expanding on what they're doing with that story. And then there's some great stuff with the the Flash. Let's talk about this here. So this is a panel that didn't have a lot of fanfare around it. We knew it was coming. We knew that the director was going to be discussing a little bit about what Flash is too. We've seen this thing bounce around between numerous creatives over the last couple of years. And in the past, you know, Troy, you and I have have made fun of this thing because it seemed like it was going to be a perpetual development and never find a way onto the big screen. But now they've got, you know, a committed actor in Ezra Miller. They've got a set of producers. They've got a director here that is committed to the project. And they're really blowing up this Flashpoint thing. This was another thread that seemed to, to weave its way through the entirety of fandom was the concept and idea of the multiverse and embracing that aspect of DC so that you weren't constrained by, and I found this a little bit, maybe of a a tip of the hat to what Marvel's done, you know, having the singular narrative and DC saying, no, we're not doing that. We're going to expand and embrace the fact that we have three Superman and six Batman. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. this flash movie you know, picking up the pieces that were laid by the CW crossover, the big crossover where we had Grant Gustafson's and Ezra Miller's Flash meet, shake hands, and have this, you know, this big aha moment for the DC multiverse and, you know, bridging the gap between TV and film and releasing those constraints that some of the TV stuff had on it and saying, yeah, let's embrace literally everything that's ever been put to screen and build it into something bigger. And this Flashpoint movie seems to be the big crossover in the film universe, at least, that is going to introduce, you know, the greater population to the multiverse in a big way. And they also snuck in a very, very huge Easter egg, especially for the goddamn Batman there. They showed some concept art of the evolution of the Flash's suit into this a, a more streamlined suit than we've seen in the past, but over his uh, his shoulder there, we saw we saw Keaton's Batman in the concept art. It was it was this blink and you miss it moment. 
But Carlos, man, I'm going to let you loose here on some Batman talk. What did you think of the Flash panel? And more importantly, you know, we've, we've talked about this rumor, you know, Keaton's on board, but seeing it, you know, in a visualization, in a piece of concept art for the upcoming film, that makes it real, man. Like, how are you feeling about that? Oh, man. So to go back to the first part of your question, the panel, I thought was wicked. Like, I loved the cadence and the timing of it. I loved how the Muschietti's really drove the the panel. And, like, seeing that passion, like, that raw passion and the, um, the sheer level of interest in the minutia of the characters and, like, that they're quoting issues as to when the multiverse first arrived. And it's like, yeah, you know what? The whole concept of multiverses, it didn't exist until DC did it, and DC did it in this issue of The Flash. And that they embrace that and listening to him talk about it and Christina Hodson, who was writing it, talk about it. Like it was just so wonderful. And then I loved um, Ezra Miller opening every single section of their panel with <laughs> the flash facts, which was a thing from like old Justice League and Flash comics when they needed to explain stuff that happened in previous issues or real world tidbits or anything like that. They just put little flash facts in the bottom of the panels in a yellow box saying like flash facts, Superman fought Bizarro in issue, whatever, 794 of action comics kind of thing. And, um, it, it was a well-established thing through the Silver Age so that he punctuated the entire panel with this uh, was awesome. And like you guys talk about joking about the starts and stops and the the history of the production of the Flash movie. Man, it's all worth it for the fact that we have Ben Affleck conceivably opening this mm. movie and they talk about Barry Allen going back in time and thinking that he's going to fix one thing, but making a mess of everything. And so what a beautiful exit for Ben Affleck, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. But then that he messes up the timeline and ends up with Michael Keaton's Batman. Like, oh, that that just made my heart sing. Like that concept art, I looked at that for minutes. Like it's so good. So good. Like I never thought that in 2020, 2021, I'd be seeing Michael Keaton's Batman suited up and like, fists up ready to go but here we are and that's in conjunction with this beautiful new flash suit that i thought was or so uh yeah man like that's cool and if you check michael keaton's imdb page like the last little bit of it talks about signing a multi-picture deal to be in the flash and other dc universe uh movies now so yeah that like this makes it all worth it all worth it the the production history of the flash it's like it's like DC had to go through this like five years in the desert, but today was like when they reached the promised land kind of thing for me. Yeah. So yeah, they walked into yeah, the oasis there. <laughs> yeah. I'm digging it. Yeah. Like it, it, it's an incredible little Easter egg that they've chucked in there that is going to blow up into such a, a massive concept that is likely, like you said, to be strong across multiple films and kind of this through thread through the DC film universe or whatever we want to call it now it is wild that they again going back to embracing the whole concept of of multiple versions of those characters and how they can exist you know in parallel it's pretty mm -hmm. cool troy man yeah man. affleck we've got keaton we've got battinson man it's great to see keaton suited up here yeah. in this concept art man it, it, it's got to be uh got to be kind of eye-catching eye-opening for you as well yeah it's it's huge man i mean when do you ever get the chance of you know Let's say I'm a Roger Moore fan 
and you're a Sean Connery fan, when will we ever get the chance to have both those guys line up on a movie together? Well, me, like, I've always been down with Ben Affleck's Batman, and Carlos, you know, Keaton's your dude. Never in a million years did I ever think we'd both luck out and get our both of our Batmans on the same movie. So super grateful. I think this is just incredible news when that whole thing dropped. And um, I've, I've never really been the biggest Ezra Miller fan of of uh, a Flash. I've always liked uh, uh, Grant Gustin's Flash on CW. But I got to say, seeing this costume now, just looking it up, and um, I do like how they've streamlined it more. It looks way more simple and more flexible because um, I've never been a big fan of the BVS Justice League one, which is more like bulky. So that's pretty cool. But all around, I'm just I love this idea that we're getting with the multiverse. And Carlos, you breaking it down like the multiverse basically started with Flash. So how fitting mm-hmm. for it to be in his film that that's what he gets to explore in his first big screen film. So no, I'm totally about it, man. I just um I'm I'm hoping I'm greedy now because we got back uh, Affleck back. So I just want to see more of him coming yeah. back uh, into the big screen or you know small screen either way. But um all around this is cool. I just I really like that concept art of seeing like the Keaton behind uh flash you guys uh, sent it to me in the dm so that was awesome to see because i i missed out on that panel so um i'm excited man again this continues to be pretty cool what uh so this dropped right after the flash or the wonder woman panel i believe was it yeah it was kind of midday it was about lunchtime okay time. so a little bit after that um, sandman yeah and it kind of kind of came out of nowhere too. this okay. panel like i didn't the expectations for me weren't too high because films i believe 2022 mm-hmm. and it's a it's a ways out and that's given that i i would assume past production schedules not given the delays that we've mm-hmm. seen you know due to, to global events here so who knows when it's going to come out right. but they've got a story constructed and they've got something that they're you know really tying the foundation of the narrative to and how they're going to spin this out into multiple projects down the road so, did we get a title is it flashpoint i know at one point it was are they still sticking with that I don't think they revealed the title. No. At least I didn't catch one. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the next one that came kind of flying at us was the Suicide Squad. Now, James Gunn's been teasing this for the last couple of days and, you know, showing us little clips or doing this Jeopardy style of, of introduction, some of the cast and that. But he got on board and his energy is palpable in this panel. Like, you can feel the passion and him talking about this being the biggest film he's ever worked on the most fun he's ever had and like you said at the top curls that translates directly into the cast you know bringing back some of those regular contributors like nathan fillion michael rooker and his brother sean gunn but then also layering in guys like john cena idris elba bringing back Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. They've got Fluva, I believe his name is Flula, mm-hmm. who's just like a, a wild man. <laughs> like it's the cast is crazy in all the right ways. And I even like John Cena saying, you know, kind of giving a nod to my boy Cat, being like, oh, my character is basically a douchey Captain America. I can buy into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And all them giving Michael Roker crap. Like it, it was a, it was a great way to get a flavor for how this film is going to come across in theater when we're watching it. But, but Troy, man, yeah. Assuming some of that behind the scenes thing, it wasn't a proper trailer, mm-hmm. but it give you a proper flavor for what 
your expectations are for the Suicide Squad? Yeah, much like the Wonder Woman panel, how we got to see basically all the actors and actresses kind of just gel and have that cool chemistry. I felt we got that again with this cast and crew. I felt like everybody had a blast working with each other. And um, I, I was a little let down that Idris isn't playing Bronze Tiger, but that, that's all good. But um, I'm with you. You know, John Cena's Peacemaker, I think he's mm-hmm. called. He looks hilarious. He, I don't know. He yeah. might be a standout if he's not Ridiculous. taken out early. Um, <laughs> I think I think it looks cool. And it's, it's, it's nice to see that flavor of some of the old crew coming back too, apart from just Harley Quinn. But we also got uh, Captain Boomerang, obviously. And who's the main leader, I think, of the first one? Oh, Rick, Rick Flag. Yeah, so we got him coming back, which I had no idea. So that's pretty cool. And I love that they put him in his like 80s yellow t-shirt. <laughs> that's why I didn't recognize him. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> who's this so um no no again it, it looks pretty cool um i'd be interested to see who the big bad is that they're taking down and mm-hmm. uh i like that we got amanda walder back too so uh th- this looks pretty cool i I'm, I'm interested again it's actually piqued my level of interest a little bit more because at first i was like all right cool like obviously guardians of the galaxy director james gunn can't really do wrong when it comes to directing so i was thinking all right this is gonna be great but i still had no idea what we're getting into in the cast and crew and and especially now seeing uh uh rooker's uh makeup and him in effect of his wild <laughs> he looked character. ridiculous he looked, he looked <laughs> wild so um i i'm, I'm cool there I'm, I'm there man i i think it's a good fresh take and it already has like a soft reboot vibe going already mm-hmm. like you don't need anything with the last movie and you can just kind of hop right in and go on for a ride, man. I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty decent sized franchise. Uh, Gunn said this is the biggest film he's ever done. So that's, mm-hmm. that's bold. This guy's done two of the Guardians films and helped with Infinity War. That's huge. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I get some questions here for the Suicide Squad. Grabs his message here is Nathan Fillion, is it? He's, yeah, I can't remember the name of the character he's playing, but he's definitely in it. And like, yeah, TVX or something yeah, like that. Or, TV, yeah. yeah, I didn't, didn't quite catch it here. Uh, we've got Dave in here tossing that Rick Flag. He really liked him from Suicide Squad. He's one of his faves. And it's, you got Ryan saying he just watched this. He's stoked. James Gunn could do no wrong. Of course, man. This guy, you know, he's very close to my heart bringing Guardians to the screen. So I'm I'm super stoked about what he can do for this. And like I said at the top there, I think what they showed was probably the very first battle because it seems that everyone is in there and my guess is half of these people are going to be executed in some wild way throughout this film because james gunn's going to take advantage of the name of the concept of suicide squad throughout this and introducing like polka dot man and all <laughs> like yeah. there, there's a reason that he's been given kind of carte blanche when it comes to including these characters because and i think he's done right he he can do whatever he wants, right? Like having a guy like Will Smith back, you know, even guys like Idris Elba and that, I'd be surprised if, if they make it through, but some of the, like, you know, that Margot Robbie's Holly Quinn is going to make it through. There's a good chance that Rick Flagg's going to make it through all the rest of them though. Big question marks for me. I, I I don't know if this cast is just going to be Margot Robbie and the actor that plays Rick Flagg at the end of it. Like it's that, the way that they've set this up, it very well could be. And and the genius part of that is, you know, with these big time superhero films, as we know, a lot of these actors don't want to be locked in like walking Phoenix. They don't want to be locked in for more than one film. So what great way mm-hmm. to have a movie like this, you hop in and like, yeah, I know it's a one and done. Cause I'm going to be executed. So mm-hmm. it's kind of appealing for a lot of these big time actors. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you, what do you, you do? You've kind of given your opinion already, Carlos here on, on suicide squad, but you know, things, things like, I believe King shark, and yep. you just get a very, very quick glimpse of him there. 
And this, the whole concept that James Gunn's bringing together here, the bombastic nature of the film itself, man, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be something that, you know, you're marking off on your calendar as a must see here down the road. Oh yeah, man. Like it's, it's awesome. And like he said, he's um, leaning very heavily into the Ostrander run for mm-hmm. suicide squad. And the Ostrander run certainly had like a lot more of that. Um, this task force being a political machine for the government that like they kind of played with a little bit, but it got kind of dumb in the first suicide squad. So um, if they do that, it'd be cool. And they look like they're on some kind of like um, Pacific beach kind of thing. So if they're invading a country that the U S government shouldn't be invading or something of that nature, like I, I think those will be the areas that they play, but like, yeah, like the cast is bananas and like the stuff that like David DeSmalkin as polka dot man <laughs> looked ridiculous and awesome all at the same time and just like the weasel like why would you put that character in it but i love it and uh even the conventional stuff that he did um i know idris was supposed to play deadshot will smith approached warner brothers and said i would like to because i think the filming for suicide squad overlapped with um uh the promo tour for uh, aladdin yeah so he couldn't film suicide squad so they took, they actually had like, I've seen concept art of Idris as Deadshot. And so they mapped him over to being Bloodsport who that was cool. Like that's a super deep cuts character um, that I remember reading his intro and extra. Like he was a one and done type character in a Superman comic, but uh, that gun knows the lore so well that he could introduce that character. Awesome. And I got to give him a shout out. Like, We've had two Harley Quinn movies with multiple looks of the character. She by far looks the coolest in this movie that he ripped off her injustice look and kind of updated it to suit Margot Robbie. Wicked. Like I, I love the look of Harley Quinn in this movie. I thought King shark was cool. And uh, yeah, like honestly, like, like a under the radar hit for me. Like I, I thought it would be cool, but I ended up loving it way more than I thought I would. So yeah, I'm, I'm down, mm-hmm. I'm down. And uh, I, I, I think it's interesting that he talks about the scope of the movie because clearly everything they're doing was like practical effects and on set shooting. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's the big draw for me in all this, right. Is the, the nature of it and also the ridiculousness of it. I, that's what's drawn me into this project more so than anything. Like you said, polka dot man, the one scene they showed of him, he's got his suit on and he's contrasted against a group of military guys. <laughs> and so he looks ridiculous in the scene, but I know it's going to be hilarious and embracing the source material is what James Gunn is all about. He did it with guardians. He's doing it with the suicide squad. And I think that's where you're going to see this movie shine very, very bright. And I think that Gunn, you know, he's got commitments now to Guardians 3, but this is probably a franchise he's going to run with now because they're going to give him the freedom to tell the stories that he wants, use the characters that he wants, and because he's a great storyteller. Yeah. And I think you're going to see the Suicide Squad continue to find a a purpose within the DC film universe and maybe even a bigger purpose down the road. We've seen and we've touched on the the game, and we'll get to it in a little bit here, but the squad isn't going away anytime soon and they want to build a franchise around this. And there's going to be some franchise players, but there's also going to be 
some expendable casualties here and they're using them and you can see them, right? They've got a great cast here. And that's the other thing that draws me in here is just how much fun they look like they're having. And that's going to translate directly onto screen is that chemistry. And that's an important part of, of the process here. If you get into a room with all this ridiculousness and no one's having fun and it's super awkward, it's going to come off cross that way on screen. Yeah. And, and I think that James Gunn is the right guy to helm a project like this. Yeah. No, and he talks like he's talked on Twitter at length, but even in fandoms today about how he loved working with Warner brothers and how they gave him all the latitude he wanted. And it was a, really good experience for him so yeah i can totally see what you're saying him coming back for suicide squad and he talks about metal men all the time online mm-hmm. being his favorite comic book of all time so that would be one that they could probably make a pretty cool movie of with the right people behind it so yeah who knows if this one goes off huge then maybe we'll have the metal men in the future yeah it is a sheer possibility uh, are, you, are you guys going into the uh the game because we've got the game after that right is that how it went down? Yeah, we okay. will. Let's let's get through a couple of these trails and then we'll touch. We're definitely going to get in the games here. Not a ton of detail, but we're going to let you have your your say on uh, on some of these games. Troy, I know Troy, you. Troy are wouldn't be excited about that game. I'm actually I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are, but yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, we yeah. will. We will. We're like because the next stop here is is for you, oh, Troy, and we're going to stop here at the Snyder Cut. Oh, have mercy. <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> so. This 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 whole concept of the Snyder Cut has had quite a chronicled and storied history here on the podcast. With me in particular here, I'll be the first one to say and first one to admit that I, yes, I was a naysayer, but I was never the person that say I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to embrace the concept of it and the idea that we're getting a film that was originally punted out and said, no, we're not showing this in theaters. And then we're getting a four hour cut of it on HBO max. He did announce that it's going to be one hour increments, four hours, and they're going to amalgamate it into a consumable film over that four hour period. Yeah, sure. You're probably gonna have to pause it halfway through to take a leak, but nonetheless, you're going to get the Snyder cut here, guys. And it exists. And we got, a trailer for it today. You know, it was preceded by a bunch of talk by Zack Snyder and company talking about the evolution of the project and where it currently sits. But we're here to talk about the trailer. We're going to get maybe into some of the details this week on the podcast. But Troy, mm. man, you were super stoked to see this trailer. Yeah. And what is it about the Snyder Cut trailer? You know, is it the extra scenes? Is it the tone? Is it the color palette, the change in color palette that they've done? They've, they, you know, turned back that saturation yeah. a little bit yeah. from the film. And we're seeing new characters here. We're seeing original designs on some of the characters that we did see in the theatrical cut. But, man, enlighten us on, on your thoughts here of the Justice League Snyder cut. Absolutely. Trailer. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of those off the bat. But, um, listen, man, the uh, the score. The score to me made the tone far more serious than what we got with that uh, come together uh, score they used mm-hmm. on the original. Unless if it's Michael on the come together track, I don't want to hear it. So hearing this was awesome, man. I, I, I just I love that tone. The color palettes, you, you mentioned it, man. They drew it right back. And it, again, it added to that 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 kind of grittier kind of look, that feel. But I almost got like the stakes were higher. I actually feel like the justice league and the world is actually at its end and it's only the justice league that can save the day i never felt that before off the trailers of the original and even in the movie i never felt like stefan wolf was going to come over and and snap his fingers or destroy that world i never got that sense this trailer brought it for me the new scenes cyborg getting more love those shots of each individual whether it's aquaman like skinning up or when it was mm-hmm. uh victor cyborg 
doing his football jump to seeing everybody, man. And then, of course, Affleck, man. Affleck looked good. Like, and he had like that serious tone as well. Uh, Wonder Woman looked great. Superman. I know we got that shot in the original trailer before when we all thought, was that Superman's cape or was that Supergirl? And I think it's um, Alfred that's looking. Maybe it's Bruce. Mm-hmm. One of those two. It's Bruce, it's right? And, um, and, then, and then seeing all of them lined up side by side, staring off. About to go to that ship. Was that was that a scene from the was that in the original cut or is that, is that a new? I think scene? that's a new like, scene because I mean at least in the trailer we never got any Superman so we definitely never saw that. But if it's in the original yeah. film, I don't. No, it it was the closer to the original film, so it's when they're watching all this stuff sprout right. at the end of the movie. But we yeah. saw them. We saw them lined up front ways, right? We never saw them kind of through the profile shot. Did we see that? Uh, it, yeah, it comes up front and then the camera cuts and it's them from the back. Okay. Yeah. But it's like Superman's in his blue costume and stuff right. like that. And he's in the black one. Yeah. 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 yeah pretty, pretty it, wild. It, it, looks, it, pretty it just wild. looks great, man. And then I like, uh, I think it's Batman's answer when he says, uh, united we can, I, I guess, mm-hmm. against, against the ultimate foe. And, and then, and then seeing, um, obviously dark side, like, yeah, that was like right up front, man. I was just like, here there he is. is. And then even Stephen Wolf looking like more of his original design from and the design was way better. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm just there, Never man. Went, I'm there. And I was with you, Tim. I, I think I was one of the guys. I walked out of. Um, I didn't mind Justice League, but it wasn't. It. I don't want to do the comparison, but it wasn't that Avengers le- level at stakes you know this is like this is dc's or this is yeah dc's equivalent to the avengers and i like i said i i feel like there's more stakes in a winter soldier film than i did in the justice league josh whedon so just to see what they're doing here man and four hours long come on i'm all in like i can watch hamilton through intermission i can definitely go through and take my time with this (laughs) film so uh i'm stoked man and again it's it's another reveal of you know ben affleck just just punching it in there letting us know that he's back at least for the time being obviously they're doing reshoots and uh we'll see where it goes from there but it's good man it's cool to revisit in a film and see it done in a different light we we don't that opportunity yeah. ever really so you you got it it's a unique opportunity yeah for sure. yeah man. Yeah. Just see something like yeah. this. yeah you know i have to say though the choice of the music didn't oh, land for me. crazy okay no i just and i agree with you too the original theatrical trailer cut with the come together didn't land yeah. for me either yeah. there, there's just to me there's something about the emotion of the of the film how it's captured in music this hallelujah yeah. thing just didn't do mm-hmm. it for me I, I don't like the visually to me, it struck me as yes, let's see this a lot of really cool scenes. Even those are a lot of some of those scenes were even from the original first Snyder cut or first Snyder, I guess, produced or whatever directed yeah. trailer that never ended up in the theatrical cut. Um, but to me, and I don't know if it's my preference or what I've seen in the past from, you know, whether it's Star Wars or Marvel, or whatever with I, I like kind of this emotional, like, tell me a story through the score of the trailer mm. i just that didn't land for me it almost seemed like it was you know part and parcel of two different things and so that was the thing that didn't land for me in the in the trailer overall but visually yeah i agree with you like it, it's it's on point i liked what they're doing with kind of showing us those original you know dark side and the steppenwolf i, I loved the the look of it or i liked it a lot better than what we got was what we got was just weird <laughs> And I'm not sure like the the original iteration of it, like how close is the comic book, 
but this seems a lot more digestible for a film like this, him being some form of a lieutenant or whatever. So yeah, I can dig it here. Music didn't capture me, but what I'm seeing here, I'm digging and four hours I, I'm all in for Carlos, man. It's just, like you said, it's been, it's been a long storied history of this with all of us, you know, stemming back from man of steel up until present day. Like this has been 2013 to 2020 to get this whole story, this narrative that Snyder's strung through the entirety of his DC trilogy here. We're going to get a close to in 2021. You know, we're looking at eight years later from if not more if you're counting production time. But man, how you feeling about this first trailer for the Snyder Cut? Yeah. So first I'll touch on Bruce Wayne because he like dropped that in the comments a couple of times. I'll touch on that when we get to the to the Matt Reeves trailer. Uh, but as far as Zack Snyder's trailer goes, um, yeah, like people were really feeling it. Like Troy, I can feel that passion and that heat. My wife was going crazy for this thing. I'm kind of on team Tim with the song choice, but not so much that it didn't get me hyped. It kind of felt like to be this kind of self-congratulatory thing between him and the Snyder cut folks where it's like, hallelujah, we've got our, our cut kind of coming as opposed to serving, selling the film. Um, so like that, the music choice, that's what it said to me. And maybe it's just couched through the lens of like watching the preamble going into it. But, it was like hallelujah we got our cut as opposed to like <laughs> here's this song to drive this imagery and um uh, this story. And it, it didn't feel like hallelujah here's a justice league yeah. right? it, I, I i'm right on the same page with you there. <laughs> yeah but as far as the imagery goes like i was super impressed with like the deep cuts kind of stuff that we got like the flash of the hooded um <laughs> Oh man, like the I don't know about that. I like this get vocal recording with the color from my wife. What's <laughs> what's hey man? I got solidarity with you there, brother. I need sunny, man. I need sunny on the deck, man. Shoot, I know you like it. Yeah, we're taking advantage of you right now, man. So hopefully, she shows up to the recording this week. She got my wife, she's gonna bring that heat down into the back cave here pretty quick. Go on lockdown, stomping on the floor, but uh. Yeah, like stuff like um, the hooded figure from Apocalypse showing up. And I was like, oh, shoot, is that the sod coming? And I thought Apocalypse or um, Apocalypse, no, um, Dark Side looked cool. Uh, yeah, I I thought more than a trailer to tell you the story, it was more just a kind of proof of concept. Like here is a bunch mm -hmm. of imagery to show you um, how different this is going to be than what you saw. And like, to be honest, like I was astounded at the sheer volume of um new content that we saw <laughs> like that warner brothers saw this thing and was like uh yeah no we're uh we're gonna bin this despite spending however much they had spent on it and go with the new version but uh yeah as far as snyder cut goes my mantra is going to be the same as it's always been i just want to see the justice league characters done justice and i want to mm -hmm. see them presented in a meaningful way that stands shoulder to shoulder with the way that marvel has presented the avengers so it's like we care about the characters we're going to show them well like i liked the justice league theatrical movie but it was an unfinished kind of unrefined film mm -hmm. uh, and they deserve better than that right yeah. like did like even just small things like the color mastery and the cinematography for the uh, theatrical release it, it was bush league like that's 
seat, like <laughs> college student kind of level stuff that they put into the theater. So yeah, like I'm, I'm championing the, the Snyder cut. Cause I want to see those characters put in, a put it forth in a beautiful way, but at the same time, yeah, I, I wasn't overly weak in the knees for, for everything that I saw. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, nonetheless, we're going to get a four-hour film, Justice League film, which is bananas at just the idea of a four-hour film cut across one-hour yeah. intervals, probably released weekly, which is really cool. And like you said, giving these characters the light and the Justice League itself, right? It's it's kind of got off to the turbulent start, and it never really finished on that high note that you want, right, for the Justice League. My wife just said four hours. I'm out. It's one hour increments. <laughs> also, we can watch it downstairs. But nonetheless, I, I think it it's kind of that that start of the campaign to the delivery of the Justice League here. And, and it's exciting to see this amongst all the other projects that they're doing. Again, this speaks to the diversity of projects. Not only are we getting kind of the revisiting of Justice League, we're getting things like Shazam 2 and Black Adam. All things that grabs, I promise we're going to touch on this week in the podcast. But we're just going to kind of glaze over those for now in light of a couple of other things that we have to touch on here as we're live. And I think before we get into the Batman trailer. I'm going to let you sit on this just a little while longer. I like seeing you squirm over there, Carlos. We're going to talk about some of these games. Now, we're not going to go into huge depth here. We're going to save some of that for the podcast as well. But we got two games delivered to us, Gotham Knights, as well as Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Um, they're coming from two big game maker houses. And to be honest with you guys, I'm not a, I'm not a gamer at all, like at all. But I found myself glued to the screen watching both of these trailers, as well as the gameplay from Gotham Knights. The concept seems really cool to me. But at least for me, when I'm watching Gotham Knights here, it's screaming both Troy and Carlos (laughs) (laughs) in a big way. And not having any experience with Arkham Knight or anything like that. Like, Troy, we're going to let's save some of the details for for next Mm. week. But. When you're watching the gameplay, when you're watching the cutscenes here that they did show and some of the reveals, mm-hmm. like what what's your initial reaction to both of these games? Uh with Gotham Knights, I feel right off the bat, looking at the combat, the gameplay, I feel right at home again with the Arkham franchise. It looks like you could have just played the last game and picked up the control and you'll be right at home, whether it's the counter, whether it's using your grappling hook, the gliding mechanics, it all looks like it's there, even the takedowns. There was one thing that was really distracting and kind of weird, especially for a Batman game. And I think it was Robin who seemed to have had the ability to teleport all over the place. That was yeah, wacky. I didn't quite get yeah, that. But that was really wacky and kind of like, yeah, it's just weird. It has no place, no business at all in a Batman game or the Bat family. But um, apart from that, everything was cool. The costume designs were pretty neat. I liked Nightwing. I loved Batgirl. I was Robin, Robin fell a bit yeah, short for me. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of Tim Drake. And it's weird because it's Tim Drake, but his costume's very Damien Rebirth look. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of different. And um, this has nothing to do with the gameplay, but I was kind of confused if this is tied to the Arkham Knight uh, franchise, the Arkham franchise, just because when you hear some of the things like Commissioner Gordon's dead, but he's not dead 
in the Gotham series, the, the the Arkham series. But then we have Bruce Wayne. It's not really spoilers. I mean, this game came out for like the previous gen, but Bruce Wayne bites it at the end of Gotham Ar- Arkham Knight, and he's also clearly dead at the beginning of this gameplay trailer that we get. But that's the kind of connection I get there between that game and Arkham. But the yeah. Christopher Gordon thing kind of threw me out for a loop. And also, I do believe that Barbara and Tim got married as well at the end of Arkham Knight. And I don't think they're married in this at all. I don't think they're even the same age in this game. So whatever, it could just be its own universe. And that's no biggie at all. But I'm sold on the gameplay. I can't wait. Carlos, I'm coming after you, man. I'm coming after you. But I call dibs on Nightwing. We got to play this game <laughs> online because um, I, I can't wait. Because, you know, that's one of the cool things. And I, I'll go back on my words because I mentioned, you know, with... um. WB Montreal coming out with another addition to the Arkham games or Batman games in general. I thought one of their mistakes was the multiplayer in Arkham Origins. I don't think it ran that well. So I thought they were going to run away from that and just stop doing the multiplayer. But it looks like they doubled down and they're like, no, we're going to we're going to own this. Which <laughs> Give you four, <laughs> yeah, which is cool. You know, I, I was surprised they're going after that market, but it makes sense. I mean, online is a huge thing, especially coming out with the next gen consoles. It's going to be that much more of a powerhouse. And when you have guys like Red Hood, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl. Why would you not take advantage of playing as all four of those characters mm-hmm. and potentially some other characters too? So I'm impressed. I- I'm-, I'm cool, man. I mean, hey, I'm still coming off of the high of PS4 Spidey, and it doesn't look like anything's taking that reign anytime soon, even the even the Avengers game. So we'll see what this can do. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm going to get it. Day one, hands down. Awesome. Awesome. How are you feeling about this one, man? Gotham Knights? Carlos, like, is it, is it, you know, pre-order material? Is it uh, oh, first day buy? Yeah. You, you run those campaigns with Troy? Yeah. This is pre-order special edition. Yes. Troy, what time are we logging on? Go all off. day, man. We're taking a week off. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, I loved, like, and I put, I put some hours into like the Avengers beta and stuff last night. Um, But then to see this and like to have that drop in and out campaign co-op, and like you look at the lead up to that with Barbara leaving the Belfry, she you're riding the bike to the crisis point. And then if you watch, like somebody jumps into the game as Robin and joins the game. And I, I so I do think that it's a sequel to Arkham Knight, because if you look at the way Bruce dies, it's the same way that he kind of finishes things at the end of Arkham Knight. Exactly. So I think it's a sequel to Arkham Knight for sure. And, and it kind of speaks to where Jason is at too. Mm-hmm. But like, that trailer brought the heat, man. Like I, I loved the character introductions and I was just like, Oh shoot. Like that we get all these guys. I, I thought the Tim thing was kind of weird because he's not the Tim from the Arkham series. So I almost no. wonder if it's Damien, but he's got the staff. So that's the thing. I don't know. Confirmed that it is Tim. I, I'm with you. He seems more like Damien, but they confirmed it's Tim. And I know Tim was rocking like the buzz cut a little bit older here. Yeah. Younger. He looks more like Damien for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I, the gameplay I loved. Like I, I loved just like how um, how tactical you had to be, and that there was a refinement to the gameplay. Like you could do stealth takedowns, or you could go in and you could just wreck shop. Um, like you said, the gameplay mechanic and the counters and yeah. the um, the weapons and whatnot you have were right there, but that they're evolved for each of the sidekick characters. I love that they each look like they play different. Yeah. And then like your freeze that boss battle, like, come on, that's wicked, man. Like, like the cutscenes in that blew my brain. And that alpha gameplay looked that good. Just wait till we get this thing in a beta. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, 
they're they're taking off here with with these games here. Uh, looking at even the Suicide Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I was looking at it when they started what I'm assuming is whatever cutscene it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, is that a person or is that a like CG? Like it, it, her hair wasn't flowing the right way, but like you could barely tell if it was real life or not. Like I'm I know what I'm looking at, but holy like they have come a way far since when i was playing nintendo 64 (laughs) (laughs) but but troy man you you alluded to some idea that you wanted kind of our opinions on that and that you liked one way better than the other and i'm assuming it's it's gotham knights how did you feel about this this concept behind suicide squad kills the justice league in this video game coming from rocksteady which is if i'm not correct if i'm wrong but is is like the foundation of yeah of dc yeah they're the they're the bigger gun for sure over the two yeah definitely which is the only thing that gives me faith and hope at all in this game because from what i saw yeah the cinematics look awesome um like extremely good but um i need some gameplay like it's really weird i know we don't get it till 2022 which is also another weird thing because i don't know they're they're probably right in the hype of the suicide squad movie coming out so like here like we got the cinematic let's just throw that and run it but the 2022 release date is like wow man like that's that's pretty far away and um i want to see the mechanics again like the arkham series was so cool for its combat and it was, um, you know, it changed the game. Really, it did for so many genres, whether it's like the, the Lord of the Rings game or or obviously the Spider-Man game. And they failed a couple of times in Spider-Man games, but they finally nailed it after, um, you know, taking that blueprint of the Arkham franchise. So for this game to come out and not give us an introduction to the gameplay was really weird. Um, and then also coming off the Suicide Squad movie, I mean, the cast was huge. And then we get this game and it's four characters. I was like, yeah, Yeah. and I mean, I know obviously with the Bat family, we have less, we have about the same, we have four characters, but those are all very iconic characters that we, you know, you go deep with the Suicide Squad. I felt like you could have ran through a way more, at least another two or three characters. Yeah, you almost don't want anyone else in Gotham Knights, but you want way more guys in Suicide Squad. (laughs) Even just for cannon fodder, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 very interesting, but um. Yeah, I don't know what I expect. Like I said, the only thing that's keeping me going is the fact that it's Rocksteady. So I don't know if this is going to be a day one for me. Like I said, you know, it's two years out, almost two years out there. So I'm going to have to, um, well, maybe a year and a half. So I'm just going to have to wait and see for more gameplay because I need that. That's the selling factor for me these days. I can't just go off of a a cinematic because I've seen that. I've been fooled many, many times playing video games with incredible cinematics. And then I'm like, this isn't the game I wanted. So um, yeah, I'm going to have to wait and see. And plus I'm not the biggest Suicide Squad person. So, I mean, if I got this, I'd probably just be, you know, using my main as Harley Quinn or Bronze Tiger. I wouldn't care to use Boomerang. Although he probably would have some pretty cool combats. That's the thing. Like you have a character like Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, how do you not show off that gameplay? Because I mean, it might not even exist. Yeah, I guess it doesn't. But that's that's the thing. Like, I would have rather just had like, I don't know, just a title card. But I guess you need to sell us. So yeah, I guess the cinematic works. It's just weird for a video game industry. Like, you kind of need that that gameplay factor. So yeah. Well, the cinematic sells it on guys like yeah, me yeah. that don't play games, right? And so like the concept is there. You're gonna buy it. But when you're talking to like the gamer, the gamers. Yeah. You need to have the gameplay like they showed in Gotham yeah. Knights, right? Like I can, I, I'm like I'm. Not, this isn't going to sell me on on buying a <laughs> PS5, and buying this game or anything like that, and, and committing yeah. the time. But when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, this looks cool. Like I like the concept of it. I'll like watch cutscenes yeah, on YouTube, YouTube or day one. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but, like, the, the lack of for the pot. Yeah. <laughs> the nerd room. <laughs> nerd room Twitch, yeah, coming soon. <laughs> no, it's not really, but unless these guys want to do it. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, it's it's the cinematics sell me on it for sure. But the lack of gameplay, Carlos, does that does that worry you as well? And like my guess is it probably doesn't exist in a in a presentable form in the same fashion that you're getting from Gotham Knights. But are, are you sold on this? Yeah. Like I am, um, I'm kind of on the same page as Troy. And I think because Gotham Knights took us on such a high, high where it was like conceptually, I was all in, but then when you saw that gameplay and how cool that was, my first thought was like, I cannot wait to, to fire this up with Troy. Mm-hmm. Whereas then we get that suicide squad one. I like the character work and where they were going with it conceptually. But then, like, I'm watching the cutscene, and it's, like, Deadshot flying around, and, like, if it's kind of, like, Fortnite mayhem type of stuff, like, that might not be for me. Mm. And to be honest, and then it was kind of magnified because Gotham Knights, I think their gameplay was, like, eight minutes that they showed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, you're going to have nothing rock steady. Yeah. And it wasn't until... um the head of rock said he was talking and saying that they really entrenched the um, Arkham Knight uh, engine into the game and talked about like how the game mechanics would work that it started to kind of soften on it. So yeah, that one's more of a wait and see for me. Like I, I thought it was cool. I thought the concept of like a, a lost world where the suicide squad has to get deployed by the government to stop like what I'm assuming is going to be a justice league. That's been taken over by Brainiac. Um, mm-hmm. That's cool too. But if it's Fortnite with that premise, then yeah, I'm not here for it, but no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. It's a popular game. Yeah. It's a moneymaker. Yeah. And, <laughs> and no grabs. I'm not going to twitch the GI Joe game for you. You can, you can play with me, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So as we're kind of working through this stuff, so for next week on the podcast, we're going to do more of the detailed discussion on this. We're kind of touching on some of the high points here, getting to some details in the games and that, but we're going to try to not record a four-hour podcast next week (laughs) and give that to you guys. So we're going to probably choose like the Batman and maybe the Suicide Squad stuff and a couple other tidbits like Shazam and, and Black Adam to throw into the podcast. And this is where you're going to get kind of our raw reactions and all that. But for our last thing for tonight, of course, we're going to touch on the Batman here. Um, there's a few things. Yeah, we got to leave some content for next week. And we're going to have time to digest this and maybe Troy will feel a little bit different about the gameplay after or whatever after a couple of days of, of thinking about this. But with the Batman here, you know, this was kind of the, the crescendo. This was kind of the top off. This was the big reveal for DC fan. And the reason they left this to the end and, you know, Matt Reeves, he had some time to explain the Batman, his process and how, you know, entrenched he is and how invested he is in this universe in particular, and how he's kind of been given the idea and the concept that, you know, this is a different iteration. They said that word iteration about 400 times in that brief discussion when they're talking about the different iteration of the Riddler and the Joker, and, or not the Joker, and the Penguin and Batman and all that. So we'll get into some of the depth and details in the Batman here. But I got to hear from... Should I, should I give him the mic? Yeah, I should man. probably give him the yeah. mic. The goddamn Batman. <laughs> Let's hear, man, your raw, raw reactions from the first viewing of what is a 20 to 30% shot film 
and a full two minute trailer from said film. And I always say, if you don't have two minutes of good footage to show me in a two hour film, what are you doing showing me the film? You've got a 25% shot film and they're showing us what I would consume as, you know, a complete shot film with CGI, everything. I can't believe that they've had this much shot and we're able to compose a trailer that look this refined at that production point. But how are you feeling this? You're, you're the goddamn Batman. I'm sorry. My, my little one for, for saying that Um, (laughs) I got in trouble for saying that before, but how, how are you feeling, man? Coming off this, you know, right from the cold shower to the live stream. How am I feeling? (laughs) Well, to go to Bruce. So Bruce Wayne was, he was putting down this challenge that he wants me to do a get vocal live stream in that costume back there and honest to god like that trailer had we not been recording i wouldn't have even needed that bourbon i'd be walking around down here wearing that thing (laughs) because oh it blew my mind like it grabbed me to the point that my wife heard that tape ripping and she's like are you seriously watching that thing again like Honestly, going into this, all I wanted was to be was for Robert Pattinson to have dark color hair. I was just like, dude, just don't show up with that blonde <laughs> hair, that Val Kilmer style thing. Like, just you know, do do the dark hair, and I'm willing to give you the two two and a half hours that you need to kind of sell me on your movie. But holy smokes, like. This was like a Steve Rude, Darwin Cook, Frank Miller type early years Batman brought to life like right away. Like, I'm glad that Matt Reeves talked about it being year two so that um, Mm -hmm. that took all the all the worry warts out of social media kind of saying like, oh, we're going to have to watch the death of the Wayans again and stuff, which I would have been cool if that was the case. But uh, it's not. But just just seeing him on screen with that costume. Like I was a bit unsure about the costume and the look uh, from the few little things that we had seen, but just how Matt Reeves has shot it and how it presents. Amazing. Like, I love the way he looks in a room. Um, Like when they're at that crime scene and he kind of steps forward and presents himself to commissioner Gordon, Jeffrey Wright, commissioner Gordon automatically sold me. He was perfect in that role. Um, And just like that, that visceral kind of David Lynch seven vibe that the movie gives you uh, with him investigating these murders and whatnot. And uh, Pattinson looked intense. Um, I love the lighting effects and how like it wasn't as abstract as Burton shooting the bat suit, but Matt Reeves, the way he shoots Pattinson's bat suit, is something pretty special as well. Like, I don't think anybody shot a bat suit as well. Like Nolan and Snyder and Schumacher, of course, included. Like as as well as Burton did until now. Like, it just looked cool, and it gave you this sense of this raw, emotional, layered Batman. And he uh, he just felt so interesting. And you have that one scene where he kind of steps to with that gangster. And he mm-hmm. grabs the fist and like pounds the crap out of him. Amazing. But uh, even before that, when he has that little fight with Selena Kyle 
and she drops and does that spin kick on him and he just does that like simple dodge yeah. but then he's just like completely focused and dialed in on her and totally in control it's like that is the batman like the guy who has trained himself to this apex level where he is the master of any situation that he's in and just so many interesting images like him in that holding cell with all the cops and he starts attacking oh, them like and that suit looks wicked on film yeah. like it looks so so good like i i dug most of it but i was a bit unsure about the cowl and the head Love it. Even those close-ups of him coming up through that stairwell. Wicked. Like it. My sole hope was the dark hair. My expectation was some moody imagery. And this, this put me on the floor, man. Like I watched it two or three times in the living room. I went into the bathroom and watched it on my phone in the dark, not doing anything weird, but just for the, to be able <laughs> to, like, thank you for qualifying yeah. that, <laughs> to be able to focus in and like, just kind of watch it unencumbered in the dark setting kind of thing. And uh, yeah, man, like I, I love it. Like it blew me away and I had kind of high hopes with Matt Reeves at the helm of this thing. And <sighs> yeah, I, uh, it, it met those hopes and like, I, I loved everything. I loved his Batman voice. Like it was just enough that mm -hmm. uh, it, it wasn't over the top, but it was kind of gravelly and in control. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm there for it. I, I can't yeah, wait to finish all... recording so I can watch it again. <laughs> yeah. We hit all, it hit all the marks for me. It, it just, it ticked the right boxes to get me over and above hype about this film you know i i think i've been on the same page as you from the beginning with this carlos with regards to my expectations and my excitement for the film and this kind of new iteration if i can steal the words from matt reeves himself of the batman and of these characters that we're we've come to be very familiar with on screen we've seen you know numerous times the cape and the cal dawn by different individuals and even going back to the year one year two style thing with batman begins we didn't get so much of it with the 89 version and or the the affleck stuff where we went you know way into the future in that darkner that dark knight returns type of time frame but it, it's really cool to see just how conceptually and visually matt reeves is approaching this character and Tiff has a question here about the idea of a clear time period is the younger batman and that and you know I'll, I'll maybe toss this to you, Carlos, but my impression of it was, is that, and I've always liked this about Batman, even in the Gotham TV series on Fox, they did this. It's like this really ambiguous time frame as to exactly when it is. Um, it's never like this is, you know, 1992 or is this, you know, present day. I'm not sure if they're putting this into the eighties or not, or do you know when exactly this is meant to be set? Uh, I, I, don't so it'll be early years as far as his career goes so he kind of talked about year two where he's just learning the ropes and starting to refine his craft but he's not the hyper efficient in control batman but um as far as like the years like i think it's contemporary because like when he's at his computer he's got like the flat screen monitors yeah. and whatnot but uh i wouldn't be surprised if they do um one of those like Batman, the animated series type takes where they make the time ambiguous where they'll have like old timey cars, but yet modern technology and stuff. Yeah. yeah. To kind of make it evergreen. So I think we saw mm -hmm. blimps already behind the footage, right? I thought we saw 
uh, oh, maybe. on the screen that they had blimps. Yeah, blimps always puts you in this yeah. ambiguous time frame. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but how about you, Troy, yeah. man? Is uh you you were kind of the one that was always had had tempered your expectations for what this is going to be. You weren't fully bought into the concept. And I know right at the start there, you know, you shed some praise yeah. on that, but let's dig into that a little bit. We'll we'll save the the breakdown for the podcast on Thursday. Sure. But let, let's talk about how you're feeling, you know, watching this a couple times, you know, dive a bit more into what Matt Reeves did here that brought you from someone that's saying, wait and see to being like, hell yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd go at the beginning of the panel, um, you know, open up with uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And uh, I was like, come on, dude, like you're playing Batman, like get alive here. He, he just wasn't selling it for me. So I was like, all right, here we go. I think I messaged with you guys in the DM, like, dude, like, you got to do that. Here. I can't remember. Exactly. Well, you basically said, okay, Robert, sell yeah, me Yeah, I was this. like, come on. And then he came in, like, you know, he was very soft-turned for soft-turned. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then Matt Reeves steps on with full of energy, like, more than I've ever even seen this guy. I've seen a couple of interviews of him. This guy was, like, full of it, man. Like, I was like, this guy's about it. He's a Batman fan. Going all the way back from the um, Adam West, and then he mentions Keaton. And just gives high praise to all of them. And I guess he's on a DC mm-hmm. platform, so of course he is. But I believed it. I believed every word of it. And well, he didn't have to mention any of that stuff. He just threw it he out, just there. Threw it out yeah. there. And um, yeah, he made it very clear for anyone wondering, like, this is definitely separate from the Ben Affleck mm-hmm. universe. So he's definitely not a younger version, which is all good. Because, I mean, he kept saying over and over again, it's his iteration of the character. But when he's talking about all the different kind of depths and layers to the Batman, I was like, all right, this guy gets it. So anyways, the trailer drops. And I'm hearing tape, but I'm like, is that tape? I was like, is, is, it, is it like a bad stream happening? And then I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. They're taping this dude's face <laughs> shut. Okay, we're in for something here. And when this guy's suit appeared, I was like, boom, I'm finally sold on the costume because the costume hasn't worked for me at all. But I got like the Arkham costume, probably the Ar- Arkham Origins costume the most. And... I also got like a uh, Gapulo, Greg Gapulo zero year look as well with like the higher kind of ears. And, um, and it was working for me. So I was like, whoa, this guy is intimidating, even though he's not like a brooding Batman like Affleck. But I'm like, all right, this works. And it's when he throws down, like I mentioned earlier, when he throws down, he's quick, he's agile, but he's ruthless. And he's he's unforgiving, man. He's just going at it. And it's really cool because when you see those mobsters face, they're looking at this guy like we got him. And then Batman's like, I all I have to do is really make an example out of one of you to set that example for the rest of you. And he does. Well, yeah, and there's a kid over the left hand side of it, and you watch the kid's exactly. face, and he's in near exactly. tears. Yeah. From watching what he's done. <laughs> it's it's brilliant to see that. So right there, it goes to show that this is an opposing Batman. Um, again, I like to see I I liked um the Selena Kyle, the catwoman, where she was doing like basically like a windmill. She's breakdancing and she took down that opponent. That was pretty or maybe she's yeah, she took down somebody and then she's trying to fight Batman, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. But all around, yeah, pretty much every shot, because like I mentioned, in the first like footage that we saw of the cow, like the reveal, it didn't work for me. But I mm-hmm. feel like in this movie, the working angles to really make the costume look awesome which I guess you do in most films, but I feel like every angle they're taking advantage of to highlight how cool the suit is, or at least how it could look. Um, And that, that voice, man, when he says I'm vengeance, it's his own voice. It's the own, his own unique Batman voice. And I loved it. I loved it. I mentioned already. It's like my top two voice right there right now. I mean, we've got so much left to go, but um, 
I'm sold, man. Um, Carlos was hoping for the dark hair, which is cool. I was hoping for the bigger Batman, but you know what? We got dark hair and it, it works for me. And, and I've been telling y'all, man, I've been telling y'all, long hair, don't care. And this guy's hair is a little bit longer and he's, he's, showing, <laughs> he's showing it, man. This, <laughs> Batman. Um, I, I'm just, I'm in, man. It's, it's so cool. It's, is it Roger Deakins too that's doing the cinematography from Blade Runner? Yeah, man. There you yeah. go. You can tell. You can well, there tell. There you go. Yeah. So um well and Rogue One, right? This is yeah, and yeah, that score. One. The Giacchino score, yeah. like yeah. It, it was wicked. Yeah, it reminds me almost of Burton with the first Keaton suit because the first Keaton suit hmm. in regular daylight sitting on a rack doesn't look great. But Burton shot the crap out of that right. suit, and it is the coolest, slickest, otherworld-looking suit out of all the Batman movies. Oh, like, yeah. still to this date, like that gift that I use all the time in our DMs. <laughs> like, the, it, it holds Coming up in. right to this day, right? And that was shot in 1988, right? But mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the vibe I got with this, where it's like they built a suit that might not look good sitting on a rack, mm -hmm. but the way Matt Reeves shoots it in his film. Amazing. That's yeah. Weird. And Solomon, I think she's human, man. Just to touch on that. Yeah. You, Solomon just asked you, do you think Selena is going to be meta or just a human? Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think it's going to be uh... some goddess. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for black Adam, man. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get into next week, but guys, yeah, I, I had to, I, you know, you've, you've hit all the high points here with, with the Batman. It, uh, it floored me, yeah. floored me. It, I, I've always been on board with this concept and I, I like the idea of going back to that year two and exploring some of that more the origins too. And, and, you know, Matt Reeves alluded to some of that as well as he's not quite the penguin yet, right? He's not quite the Riddler yet, not quite Catwoman yet. She's, he's, she's Selena Kyle. And I like building that because the Rose Gallery is such an important piece of the Batman story. And it seems that of all this is being set up for a longer narrative within the Batman universe that Reeves is pulling together. And maybe it's going to be shot as a one and done, but my guess is here is that they're pulling for Matt Reeves to do something a bit broader and a bit bigger and I get that feeling just off of this trailer is that the lore in itself is going to take root in this film, but that is going to grow into something much bigger as we kind of progress through the film and into subsequent sequels, maybe like a quarter of hours type thing, or maybe they're saving that just for the video game. I don't know, but given what we know from a casting perspective, I think that there's much more to this and we'll dive into the details this week, but I think personally the Riddler is going to be the focal point Mm -hmm. of the villain in this film and the other is going to be you know something that's growing within gotham that's just my opinion but we can dive into that this week on the nerd room this thursday as we kind of break this trailer down in particular in some sort of detail you know touching on some of those easter eggs as we find them after carlos's you know three four hundredth view over the next couple of days as it consumes him in that dark dark bathroom he's got in the basement there but guys, you know, this is this has been fun. You know, getting these raw reactions is something that we don't regularly do. We have time to stew, time to go to the internet, talk it through and and digest this stuff. And it's been a lot of fun talking through this in a bit of detail here after just consuming it over on DC fandom. But I have to say, you know, as we before we close out here, guys, I, I personally, and I'm gonna give you guys each, you know, a, a bit of time to talk about this. 
I think this was a massive, massive success for DC, for Warner Media, for everything that they're producing here. This gives this entire universe a foundation to now, you know, stand on and work from in the evolution and in the progression that is DC, DC film TV and all that. Yeah. Some of this stuff has been running and chugging very, very hard in the background, but this to me feels like a new beginning for DC and DC fandom is this precedent setting convention, virtual convention that we've all had access to. We've all watched bits and pieces of this and consumed it in different ways, but ultimately this is a brand new way of presenting a, a formatted, a, a just brilliant set of panels and media and and stories that we want to see. And I absolutely loved, loved DC fandom. Carlos, give us your final thoughts on, on DC fandom here. Probably the thought at the forefront of my mind is how many McFarlane figures did you, Tim, order on Amazon over the course of this thing? Because like my biggest takeaway is kind of your hype for this thing. Like, even just watching the Twitter feed, like your Twitter feed uh, over the course of the day, like it was real. And like you said, that kind of reaction is what cemented this event as a massive success for me. And I, I just love how everything came off perfectly, how they brought the heat all day, how every single thing that they brought to the table ended up trending in a big way on social media. Um, they, absolutely nailed it they absolutely nailed it and even just those kind of glue pieces to this thing like the the chris doherty song thing that he did it ended mm -hmm. up being kind of cool like i had a cynical view of it going into it but i was like me too this, this is pretty cool and it just it, it's another expression of fandom and it was it was awesome and uh the thing that really sold me was the panel with Walter Amata, Greg Berlanti, uh, Jim Lee, and the fellow from Warner Brothers Games. And I think it was Walter Amata that was really beating the drum of this is where the universe is established, where we have our multiverse, where we offer something to every single person out there, and we make us and our brand accessible to the world. And yeah, like I've, I'm dyed in the wool DC guy. Like I say on my Twitter bio, like, Marvel is my heart and DC is my soul. And this is the first time that my soul has sung in a long time because um, yeah, like they, they nailed it. Like they never do anything as flawlessly as they did this. And it was perfect. And to start with this beautiful high profile, kind of um, the best of what we know, Wonder Woman trailer. Um, and then to end with this totally new and fascinating Batman trailer was incredible to me and in that it was a beautiful day in the city and I didn't care that I sat on my couch for eight hours of it is a testament to how wonderful this event was. So yeah, man, like I, I, I can't sing enough praise of this thing. So yeah, it was awesome. awesome and I can't wait for the next bit. Yeah. Me too. Really looking forward to this. Troy, yeah, man. my man. Yes, sir. We got to say about DC fandom. Man. Loved it, man. Blew all my expectations away. Um, I thought the event was handled so well for a first time event. When do you ever see a first time event, you know, this successful? Like you, you really just don't. You always think, oh, next year they'll do things a little differently, they'll do things a little bit better. But come on, these guys killed it. I mean, even to the point where um, and I can't tell if Rick was, I think it was Rick that said this, and I can't tell if he was joking or not, because the guy's such a jokester. But he mentioned that give me some GL, give me some Green Lantern. 
And I completely agree. But honestly, the event was so good, I didn't even think about it. I completely forgot about Green Lantern because I was, I thought everything was firing on all cylinders. I would, I didn't think about Teen Titans. I didn't think about Green Lantern. I didn't think about um, New Gods. I was just like, I was in it with the Wonder Woman, the Batman, the video games, um, the the Justice League, obviously. So um, I think they nailed it, man. And, you know, the streaming service was great. Tim, I think you mentioned it. It was easy access. You could just hop in. There was finally, like, around the world, people could hop in and experience these things. It wasn't exclusive to the States. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I really, I can't complain. There was some, there was some little hokey things going on, but I mean, it's, it's little mm-hmm. interviews, right? So I can't, I can't really beat it. But like Carlos said, there was something for everybody, you know, whether Sandman was making me a little sleepy, but I'm not really a big Sandman guy, but people out there that love Sandman were like into it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whether you like Suicide Squad and I don't, well, guess what? There's Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad content for you to enjoy. And I felt like um, every actor and actress or basically, <clears throat> basically any guest they had on was in it. Like they were live. They, they didn't feel like anybody phoned it in a, apart from maybe Batson, but you know what? The, uh, the trailer sold me. So I forgive them. It's all good. So, um, yeah, man, I, I thought it was a great, great event. And I, I really do hope whether it's handled like a D23 or it's an annual thing like a Comic-Con, I hope we get this uh, more likely at least once every year or two. I'm totally down, man. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. They got to save some of that that content, too, for DC Fandom, too, because my guess is based off of the just the trending of all of this stuff yeah. and the success of it all is that this is going to take a place at least at a minimum on a biannual basis, if not annual. Mm-hmm. Um, this has got to be something that's got to be folded into their overall promotion plan for all of this yeah. stuff. Like it's, it's a really great forum to do this and to get people talking about things, especially, you know, given the, the state of the planet and all that and where we're at and the uncertainty of it all, it's we've, we've got everything from DC. We've got that slate laid out in front of us, you know, Marvel, did this a couple years ago, but DC is now taking this new platform and blown all that apart. And so huge props to DC and everyone involved. DC fan was a massive success. We all had a blast with it. And guys, we're going to get into the depth and the details of it this week, this Thursday on the podcast. We're going to be talking in detail about what we saw in the Batman trailer, the Suicide Squad, as well as some of the other tidbits that we did skip over here. This was about raw reactions and some of those big high points of that. But we're going to get into some of those details as we like to do these trailer breakdowns. And of course, our weeks in nerd and touch on a few of the other news tidbits in the DC space primarily this week. So thank you very much guys for joining us this week on get vocal, a Saturday edition, a post DC fandom edition, and just a big shout out to Podbean. I had the chance to do a guest blog to highlight some of the best DC podcasts that are going to be covering DC fandom in a lot of detail there. I've thrown some links up on the Twitter feed And just go check out some of those guys. There's some great recommendations in there um, amongst ourselves and some of the other DC-focused podcasts there so you can consume DC in a big way because there's going to be a lot of commentary, and I think it deserves a diverse look at this stuff too coming from different people. But you got to come back and see us on Thursday. It's a promise in there. So anyways, (laughs) guys, you can, like, you know, we always do. You guys know. You can find us on Twitter. And is at the end of the episode. Not really in this, but you can find us on Twitter there, nerdroom.net. And uh, one thing I will promote here is Get Vocal next Saturday. For those Star Wars fans, Dave, I'm looking at you. We've got Force Fest. 
It is happening in a big way. Tons of panels. There's four stages here on Get Vocal that you will be able to jump into. It is free. It is live content. Everything from, you know, they've got special guests right through the collector stuff that we are doing here. And so Kyle from Something Saver is going to join me with another guest or two to talk about the Disney era and particularly around that build up to the force awakens and how that really changed the star Wars collecting game three and three quarter inch, six inch collector focus stuff, as well as even some of the elite series. We're going to touch on all of that building into, we want you guys to join us and have some fun in this format, in this forum, you know, in the comments, talking about star Wars and celebrating star Wars, even in the absence of star celebration, Dave and company. I know you guys are supposed to be there as was I, and we're missing out on that this year. I still have my flights booked, but <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to California. But nonetheless, it is going to be a lot of fun next week on Force Fest here. This is Get Vocal. It won't be on this feed. It'll be on the collector stage that you have to subscribe to. So just search hashtag Force Fest here on Get Vocal, and you will find everything you need. So until next Thursday and then next Saturday in the live Get Vocal Force Fest. Uh, we will be signing off here, guys. Thank you very much for joining us live here on Get Vocal. And for those that want to stick around, I'm sure we'll have a few more uh, little side conversations here about DC Phantom. But until next week, guys, thank you very much for entering the live stream Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out the nerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Take your first steps into a larger world and head over to StarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Talk Star Wars, Sandcrawler Podcast, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and the Skyhoppers Podcast. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter. 